0: Are you ready, Flyer fans? It's the Anthony Grant Show, presented by Bud Light. Tonight's show is brought to you by... Frickers for over 30 years has been the home of fun food sports and spirits bud light where there's fun there's a bud light there premier health proud to be the official health care provider for ud athletics learn more at premierhealth.com ud and by logan ac and heat services the official heating and cooling partner of the ud flyers helping fans stay comfortable all season long the Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Now, here's the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. Hey, good evening, everyone, and
1: a happy new year. And uh, welcome back to Frickers on Woodman Drive, your home of fun, food, sports, and spirits, and uh, your home for NFL playoff action coming up. Also, uh, the final uh, games of the regular season. And, and of course, uh, the Anthony Grant Show, Monday nights, uh, where we talk Dayton basketball. Coach uh, joining us remotely for the show Uh, and smartly so because uh, of what we're seeing here in the spike of COVID cases and the impact it's had on everyone's lives, and and college basketball is certainly uh, not exempt from any of that. And as we're doing this year, we've also got uh, a former Flyer coming back uh, to join us, not to do analysis of this team, but uh, we're going to learn more about uh, reflecting on his UD career, uh, and what's he's up to now? His uh, pro game uh, career over in Europe. Uh, we're talking about UD Hall of Famer Keith Wallacekaski, who is with us here tonight. We'll be talking more with him coming up. But we've got the uh, coach on the line, and coach, it has been a long time since uh, since we've talked. Uh, it has been a long time since Dayton has played a basketball game. Uh, first of all, how was your holiday for you, your family, and the team?
2: Yeah, I, I appreciate it. We, we, we're good. Uh, I wish every I hope everybody had a happy. Uh, uh, Happy holiday season and happy new year to everybody. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to getting back on the court here
0: soon. You, you were able
1: to give the guys uh, some time off uh, right after the uh, Southern game, and they came back uh, shortly after Christmas. And I know the thought was is that they'd come back and then they'd start uh, prepping for a game at Rhode Island and eventually a game against St. Bonaventure, and you haven't had those games. So how have you had to try to address – your 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 practice structure here over the past week and a half well,
2: so actually um you know when we came back we did we did have a couple of days to prep for each one of those games and unfortunately as, as we all know those games didn't happen you know so it's just a matter of, of trying to adjust and, and keep the guys uh, mentally and physically fresh as possible and get, get prepared to play here on wednesday
1: it is a time of year when they don't have classes and they're they're on campus uh, almost by themselves as far as uh, no, no, not many other, if any, students are on campus uh, right now. Uh, is this a chance to really kind of reset and re-immerse themselves in, in basketball?
2: Well, you know, I think the guys have, have always done a, done a really good job of trying to do what, what, what we're asking them to do in terms of preparation. What's unique about this is is, um, you know, just the change of, uh, of the schedule, uh, just the sudden change in terms of, you know, preparing. When we got back off of, off of break, a lot of the guys came back uh, the day after Christmas and, um, you know, tried to get themselves back into the swing of things from a basketball standpoint and they could get prepared to play a road game at Rhode Island. And obviously a couple of days before that game happened, that changed. And the next the next preparation was, was to get ready for uh, St. Bonaventure and a couple of days uh, before that game, that changed. You know, so it, it's uh, it's been a little bit of a of a shifting, shifting landscape a little bit for them. Uh, but they 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 handled it pretty well so far. And you know, knock on wood, everything will go according to plan, and we'll we'll play a game tomorrow. I mean, uh, Wednesday.
1: Yeah, and uh, all systems are go for that. Uh, You know, the word that uh, I've received, and I'm sure you have as well, is that uh, things have cleared up at the VCU program, and uh, they're healthy, and they've been cleared to come make this trip and play uh, come Wednesday. We'll obviously talk uh, about that a little bit coming up, but let's look back a little bit and and, and look at the sum total of your your non-conference season. And obviously, uh, there were some bumps along the way. There were some highs. There were some lows, but – when you look at it in its entirety, uh, what have you started to learn about your basketball team?
2: Well, I think you know, identity-wise, that, that we had to find an identity early in the year. We struggled, you know, just in terms of, of how we were going to play and what roles were, and then you know, role acceptance and understanding of how to how to help us all become the best version of ourselves. So, I, I hopefully in the non-conference showed us where we're really good and showed us some areas that we that we can improve in as we approach conference play. If we're gonna be a team that, that has a chance to compete for a championship in this league. I feel like we, we need to get better. And I think there there's room for us to grow and I think that's what we tried to address here, you know, during the time that, that we've had uh you know with with the layoff here before we we, we opened up conference play here on Wednesday. You know, we've tried to look at some things that we can do better and uh, hopefully we'll improve and you know, the, the, once you get in the conference play, everybody's zero and zero. You know, so, uh, you know, what you did in the, in the non-conference, I think, are lessons. But, uh, you know, once you get in conference play, it's a different ball game. So we've got to be prepared for a lot of different styles of play, uh, starting with our game here against uh, VCU on Wednesday. And it'll be a different prep for the, for, the, for the next game. And, you know, in the middle of that, obviously trying to make sure that we stay healthy and, and uh, hopefully the games will continue to go uninterrupted as we move forward.
1: And I can't emphasize enough what a great job uh, that, that you, your staff, and, and your players have done in, you know, staying healthy and, and trying to be uh, mindful of adhering to the protocols. And, and I, I don't know the fans can, can – maybe if they can't completely comprehend the sacrifices uh, that these young men are making to be so diligent to to be able to be available.
2: Well, you know, like, I, I think some of it is, is, is you know, obviously – you want your guys to be as careful and diligent as possible, but some of it is, is kind of luck, you know, where, are maybe, you know, we're, we're not in a position that some other teams are. and You know, we've had our share of cases, uh, like, like anybody else, but, but fortunately for us, it hasn't prevented us from being having, having enough guys where we could play the games that are on the schedule. So knock on wood, we won't get into that situation, but as we can see across the country, uh, this thing is, is, uh, It doesn't seem like it's slowing down anytime soon. Uh, So, you know, hopefully hopefully we'll be able to to, to continue to move forward. All right, uh, Coach, we'll look uh, forward and we'll move forward.
1: We're going to talk about this uh, week you've got ahead of you coming up. As uh, we continue uh, the Anthony Grant Show, we are here at Frickers on Woodman Drive.
0: On 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to the Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Call now 457 1290. Now back to the voice of the Flyers, Larry Hanskin. Hey, welcome back here to Frickers on uh, Woodman
1: Drive, your home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. The Anthony Grant Show here on uh, Monday nights uh, during this Dayton basketball season, which uh, becomes the Dayton basketball Atlantic 10 season on Wednesday when the Flyers are going to host uh, VCU at the UD Arena. And then uh, Flyers will be on the road Saturday for a noon game at George Washington. And uh, there's going to be the UD alum folks are putting together a a game watch that'll be at TJ Chumps in Miamisburg, so you can uh, head over there uh, on Saturday. And there will probably be more people watching the game at TJ Chumps than there will be in Washington D.C. because they're not allowing fans uh, to the games there, uh, at least through the end of January, uh, as that's one of the big COVID hotspots. Coaches uh, joining us uh, here remotely tonight as uh, Dayton gets ready for A10 play. Uh, former Flyer uh, Keith Wallacekowski is with us uh, here at Frickers and. And, Keith, uh, always
3: give the guys that come out a an uh, opportunity to ask the coach a question. Yeah, pick his brain really hard. Coach, uh, it's, it's always nice midseason to get a little bit of a break uh, like we've had over the holidays, give your bodies a rest, give your minds a rest. How have guys reacted uh, coming back to practice? Were they, were they really excited to get back into the gym? And then what was the reaction with the uh, couple unexpected cancellations as well?
2: Yeah, you know, Keith, I, I think the guys, you know, were, were certainly need, needed a break, you know, obviously coming off of, of our last game against Southern. You know, the, for, for most of our group, you know, they, they were kind of new to new to this in terms of college basketball and, and the grind that it can be. So I thought you know, getting a little bit of a break was good. And uh, the guys came back, I thought we had, you know, pretty good mindset in terms of our approach to it. Um, you know, but obviously, you know, the uncertainty with, with covid you know, uh, kind of disrupting the schedule as it has. You know, I think it, it, you know we'll see on uh, Wednesday. Hopefully, we'll come out and we'll be sharp. We'll be crisp. We'll be ready to go. You know, and, and certainly, you know, for some teams have had a, a little bit longer layoff than we've had because of because of missed games either on their part or, or their opponent's part. We were fortunate that we got 13 non-conference games in. And we played our, our entire stretch of, of, of games. So, you know, for us. it's it's more about, you know, making sure mentally and physically we're as good as we can be, you know, once uh, once we do get back to live action. Uh,
1: one member of your team chose not to come back, uh, Lynn Greer opting uh, to enter the transfer portal and go someplace else. And, and, and this is, I mean, this is just a reality of college basketball now. And, and I think always in these situations, you just hope that it turns out best for all concerned.
2: Exactly. You know, and obviously, you know, um, you know, for Lynn and his family, they felt like the best situation or the best uh, opportunity for them was to make a change, and I respect that. And, and certainly, you know, hope things work out you know, the best for him. And I think our guys, uh, you know, certainly appreciated the contributions that Lynn made to our program, and I'm sure they wish him the best of luck. And uh, you know, for our team, it's, it's moving
1: forward with the guys we have. All right. So next up, it's uh, it's VCU on Wednesday, and. You know, every game has its own uh, has its own life. Every year is a different season. Every team is unique, but uh, there are some consistencies in this VCU program year in to year in, year out. Uh, Are we anticipating Wednesday that that, you know, that they don't call it Havoc anymore, but that Havoc style of defense uh, and and what they do uh, X's and O's wise as they have in the past?
2: I think so, you know, based on what I saw on film during the non-conference. Uh, You know, that's what they do. I think when you look at their numbers, uh, they've shown themselves to be very similar in terms of a team that that harasses you, a team that creates turnovers, and those turnovers create opportunities for them in transition, which is where they're at their best. So we're going to have to do a really good job of understanding uh, where we can attack and then where we need to be intelligent. And uh, the big, big thing is being able to take care of the basketball and and make sure that we're giving ourselves a chance to, to not only get shots, but also keep them out of broken floor situations where they get easy buckets,
1: you know, and and taking care of the basketball has been, uh, as you said, there, there are things you need to get better at. And I think it goes without saying that taking care of the basketball is, is one of those. uh, Have you been able to to take a step back and, and look at it and say, okay, what are we doing here? Are we is are these mental lapses? Are these uh, careless? Is it bad decisions, or is it all of the above?
2: Well, yeah, I've, I've had a chance to look quite a bit, you know. And, and for us, it's, I'd, I'd say it's a combination of, of, of all of the above, you know. And we we just got to be better. I've got to be better in terms of making sure we're putting guys in position to play to their strengths, you know. And uh, our guys are got to do a better job of making sure that we understand the importance of execution, number one, you know, so that we can all play to our strengths. And then number two, really just ball security, taking care of the basketball and making sure we're making good decisions.
1: You know, this this is a Dayton team that uh, is is starting, as you say, to develop an identity, and it's not there yet, and and it is going to be a work in progress. But um, when I look back on the games to date and when I think about this Dayton basketball team, the the biggest – Thing that jumps out of me is 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 an intangible in that that there's a, a little bit of grit uh, to this team, um, and, and you see it day in day out in practice. Uh, is is that maybe where potentially this team could hang its hat?
2: Well, we hope so. You know, I think any team that has aspirations to play for a championship has has to have a level of grit. You know, and especially once you get into conference play, you know that that's a requirement. You know, so. You know, whether you're at home, whether you're on the road, uh, you know, you've got you to have a level of toughness about you and then and a, a level of intelligence and unselfishness. And I think if you can combine those things, it give yourself a chance.
1: Your, your non-conference schedule had a, a little bit of everything in it in terms of, you know, true road games, neutral court games, home games. You, you had to make... Uh, make game-winning plays in the closing seconds. Uh, you had to play from behind. You had to, you had to uh, try to protect big leads. And, and, and you, you saw a lot of different defenses and offenses. I, I know you can't really plan out what, what uh, all is going to be given to you in a non-conference mm-hmm. and what all you're going to experience. But did you get a pretty good dose of, of college basketball for your guys uh, to learn from?
2: We had to prep for several different styles of play, you know, and, and uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, those games brought different things, whether it was trying to protect the league or trying to overcome a, a deficit or, or, you know, a style of play that was different than, than, than what we're accustomed to. And, uh, you know, I think we've seen a lot. I think one, the one thing about our league that, that just over the years is, is uh, you have so many really good coaches that play different styles, you know, and, and so from one game to the next, you know, it, it could be a completely different prep. So, you know, what what you did well one game may not necessarily be what's going to help you win the next game. You're going to have to do something completely different, you know, and, and what, what may, or what maybe you didn't do well that you want to work on, like any coach, you say, okay, we got to get better at this. It may not apply to the next game. So so being able to understand what you've got to do to, to help your guys be, be as prepared as possible. There's a quick turnaround that we'll see, and especially... You know, with some of the games getting canceled, and if there's makeup games, and, and just less time in between to prepare, um, you got to kind of have an idea of, uh, as a team, what your strengths are, and being able to try to stay stay true to those, and uh, and, and help let those things help you carry carry from game to game.
1: Is that where those games around Thanksgiving, like you were able to play down in Orlando, is that where that can pay you some dividends in in, in dealing with those quick turnarounds and unique and different preps? And you know, in, in, when you get the A ten tournament, you're going to be doing a day in yeah. day out like you had to do in Orlando.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I hope so. I think you know, obviously, just the understanding of the quick turnaround and and the short the short time to prepare. I think the one thing that's different in November, you're still trying to figure your team out, like most of your opponents are. I think at this stage, you know, you you have a better idea in terms of who you are and, and what you need to do. Uh, you've got more uh, more film, more more prep on the opponents that you'll play in conference because most of them have played, you know, at least ten, eleven, twelve conference games, and so now you've got more video to study. You know, so so those are. Uh, the ability to say, "Okay, here's who we are, here's what we do, and this is the identity that we're going to play to," uh, I, I think really, really will, will come to the forefront here once we start conference play.
1: And, and kind of changing gears a little bit with you, coach, here as we as we let you go. Um, you know, if you're if you're in front of a screen and, and if there's a basketball game on, chances are uh, you're watching either your team. Uh, in, in critiquing something you've done, or you're looking at an opponent and uh, trying to break them down. But with the way the last couple of weeks have been, uh, have you had a chance to, well, occasionally grab the remote and flip over and see what, uh, see how Obi Toppin's been uh, been doing with the New York Knicks?
2: You know what? Unfortunately, I, I, I've, I've had a couple of days to prepare for Rhode Island, then I had two or three days to prepare for for St. Bonaventure, and I've got you know, two, three days here to prepare for BCU. So uh, that's kind of been my focus. Uh, I I know uh, the last couple of games, maybe Obi started, uh, but unfortunately I haven't been able to catch much of it. Hopefully he's doing well. Hopefully he's playing well. And and at some point I'm sure I'll get a chance to to catch up and, and get a chance hopefully to see him again in person.
1: Well, you know, something told me, Coach, that uh, you you were busy working and you weren't uh, putting your feet up and watching TV like the rest of us. So uh, we we appreciate you staying on the job like that. And uh, we'll see you Wednesday night uh, over at the arena when the Flyers get ready to take on VCU. All right. All right, guys. I appreciate you. All right, Coach, uh, that's Anthony Grant. We'll let Coach go. We're going to continue here talking Dayton basketball. And uh, Keith Wallacekowski is here, and he's not going to do an analysis of this year's team like he does on the radio for us. And we're going to talk about Keith and what he's all about, his UD career, his pro career overseas, and what's happening now. That's all continue as we continue the Anthony Grant Show. Frickers here on
0: Woodman Drive. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 957 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to the Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 957-WHIO. Call now 457-1290. Now back to the voice of the flyers, Larry Hanskin. And welcome back here to
1: uh, Frickers on Woodman Drive. Uh, The Anthony Grant Show. Coach was with us uh, earlier as uh, Dayton is now getting ready for its A-10 opener on uh, Wednesday night at home against VCU. Another game on tap this week, Saturday, a noon game at George Washington. This after games that were scheduled uh, at Rhode Island and then uh, yesterday afternoon at the UD Arena against St. Bonaventure uh, postponed due to COVID issues in their respective programs. But uh, things are – go for Wednesday and we're looking forward to that. Keith Walaszkowski is with us tonight and uh, Keith like uh, some of the other guys that have joined us uh, Chris Wright, uh, Brooks Hall, uh, Nate Green I I got to watch them both as high school players and then to play for the Flyers and uh, for those people who aren't familiar with your background uh, uh, tell us uh, what brought you to the University of Dayton.
3: Well, I was uh, just up the road from Dayton at Alter High School and a long line of, of Alter Knights, former Knights, that made their way down to the University of Dayton. Uh, I, I, you know, I've I, I played basketball my whole life. I was tall my whole life. I enjoyed doing it. Uh, after my freshman year, Joe Petricelli handed me uh, a stack of letters and I had no clue what they were and said, you can, you can play basketball in college and they'll pay for you to go to school there. That sounds pretty cool. I'll try doing that. And uh, Dayton was on me from the get-go. Uh, one of the first, one of the first schools to recruit me, along with a number of other schools from basically the entire MAC and some smaller schools, and and uh, started off with Pete Strickland, uh, who recruited me, and then Wade O'Connor and, and, and Oliver Purnell, and developed pretty close relationships with with all of them. And you know, loved everything that the university had to offer uh, for me and my development. And you know, I, the well-documented. Uh, interesting route was there wasn't a scholarship available. Uh, there was a number of big guys that were uh, at the same position as as I was. Uh, that when I was a freshman, they were graduating seniors: Mark Ashman, Ted Fitz, Matt Cooper, um, uh, Stephen Bamigbola was even there. Nate and Yante were a little bit were were a little bit younger, but didn't have a scholarship. Uh, we all recognized that I needed a year to physically mature and we needed a year to just kind of make the numbers work out as well. So I redshirted that year, and and it was one of the best decisions I ever made in my life.
1: And you uh, made your debut, I remember, over in Maui, and you you got a chance to play in the Maui Invitational twice as a freshman, a redshirt freshman, and then as a senior. And your name's up on the banner there.
3: It is, and and there's nothing like starting off your college basketball career against uh, I think it was number number twelve, UConn, number one Arizona, number number eight or nine Maryland. Uh, won the first one, won the third one, just absolutely flying by the seat of my pants when we were out there, uh, just trying to just trying to just trying to stay afloat. But things worked out well uh, that year. Obviously got to got to return as a senior, and we're fortunate enough to win it. I played well enough. Was. Uh, was named the MVP. My name is on the banner. Our team name is on the banner. Obviously, uh, my name personally is there, but I'm not there without guys like Sean Finn and Ramad Marshall uh, chipping in and helping out along the way too.
1: All right, something that uh, you and I talked about last uh, two seasons ago uh, when we went back to Maui uh, for uh, for what the Flyers uh, did, did there and kind of jump started that incredible season. But uh, I, I told the story then, and it bears repeating about the. Uh, your senior year, um, going to Maui after we had played out at Pepperdine uh, on the way out. And this is, uh, this is uh, Brian Gregory's first year. And uh, we get to the Sheraton Black Rock and just sitting out there by the pool, enjoying a nice uh, sunny afternoon. And I look up on the Black Rock, which is this big outcropping that's out over the sea. And I look up, I see all these tall guys up there. And it was Keith and Sean Finn and um, Dan Helm. One Dan of our Helm, managers Dan was Helm with us and John here, uh, and John Kingston. Who John was a Kingston, walk-off. yeah. And you guys jumped off that thing.
3: Yeah, I mean that that thing was was uh, was calling our names like a mermaid from the second that we got there. Uh, <laughs> you know, we had saw saw a couple of people out there jump, and when we went out there, I mean, I'm talking like. Two or three people that were out there and almost seemed like locals that were were brave enough and hey this is the one rock that you can jump off of it's i don't know maybe a 40 foot jump if that uh seems a little higher once you're up there and it's and it's volcanic rock so not the easiest climb but we were determined nonetheless to to get out there and do it and i will say this was this was after all the games this wasn't before all the games um <laughs> But, yeah, we made our way out there. Now it's like a thing. Everybody goes out. I mean, there's lines to get up there, and everyone and their little brothers and sisters are making their way up there. But, you know, I'd like to say that we at least paved the way. And you did it again. Absolutely, I did it again. (laughs) It it was still calling my name as soon as we landed on the island. All right. So (laughs) you
1: you were part of an an interesting era of Dayton basketball, and I say interesting in that, um, you know, I – you know, a lot of what is happening now that's good is happening because of, of you and your teammates and coaches. I mean, uh, this is a program that uh, was built on the shoulders of Tom Blackburn and then and then Don Donaher. And, and if you take any of the, the pillars away, what has been built today is not going to be standing. And, 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 and you were part of a very important era there where uh, – you know, you you went to the NCAA tournament. You were number four seed in the NCAA tournament your junior year, and then you went back for back-to-back years as a senior year. How important do you, do you feel that – what that group did, yourself and your, co- your, your, your teammates and your coaches did to helping move Dayton basketball forward?
3: Well, I, I know – it wasn't too far before that uh, Dayton basketball was in a pretty dark spot as far as the, uh, the win column goes on a, on an annual basis. And uh, coach Purnell comes in and had a reputation for turning programs around. And for all intents and purposes, that was kind of well underway, but I think it kind of, it, it at least jump-started the fact that, Hey, we're winning some basketball games, but now the postseason is a thing for us again. And, you know, we kind of dipped our toes in it with the NIT, but then, NCAA a couple of times, back-to-back, and it became a thing that we're not just happy to make it anymore. Like, we want to go. We're happy to be there, but we've got got an agenda while we're there and wanted to win some games. Unfortunately, we weren't able to while we were there. Um, I I think it was one of the Chris Wright years where they were finally able to get a win in the NCAA tournament after so many years of not being able to. And, you know, it's building blocks and stepping stones along the way. And I think, you know, that was that was, you know, one of the one of the integral parts of helping at least get the program to where it is. It helps with exposure. Uh, It helps recruits across the entire country. See your name. It it gives alumni uh, a lot of pride to be able to show off to all of their coworkers wherever they may be around the entire country that you know that state and this is my team you got to watch these guys uh, you know steal Jay Billis's line these guys are legit uh, so you know they can they can play a little bit let's let's watch this uh, watch this game and, and enjoy the ride
1: do you feel a bond to the guys who were before you and after you?
3: To an extent, I do. Some of them were around and and still involved. A guy like Ryan Perriman, who I don't see as much now, but he was still playing. I believe he played in South America for a while, but he'd come back and play in the summers. And and nobody liked playing against him because <laughs> you you watched enough of those games and, uh, and and he was a tough guy. But you learn a lot from a guy like that, and then you you catch up with him, and he's you know he's showing you the way and giving us. Uh, tips here and there about what to do, what works for him, and you stay close throughout the years, and then as the seasons go on, you catch him at a game, and you see him here and there, and you're able to catch up, and it's like old friends, and and, you know, there's a number of other guys throughout the years that I've been able to connect with and stay close with as well.
1: Well, there was a lot of basketball still left in Keith after UD, and that's what we're going to talk about as we continue here, the Anthony Grant
0: Show, and we are live at Frickers on Woodman Drive. Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 957 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to the Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 957 WHIO. Call now 457-1290. Now back to the voice of the flyers, Larry Hanskin. Hey, welcome back here to
1: uh, Frickers on Woodman Drive, your home of fun, food, sports, and spirits, Anthony Grant Show. We've got two Dayton games on tap this week. Wednesday at home against VCU, which has become well, it's become the A-10 opener with the uh, previous postponements. And then Saturday at noon at, uh, in, uh, at GW and TJ Chumps in Miamisburg, the UD alums are having a, a watch party there. So make it a point to uh, check that out. That's uh, coming up uh, at noon on uh, Saturday. Keith Walaskowski's been with us here tonight and we're not making him do his usual uh, analyst role of talking about this year's team, which he does uh, during the game broadcast as well as post-game visits at Flanagan's. But we've been talking about Keith, his career and you came out of Dayton and you had some basketball left in you and, uh,
3: you ended up playing uh, overseas for how many years total? I ended up over there nine years. Wow. And, you know, again, I, I kind of alluded to it earlier. I don't think I have that career if I don't redshirt. Uh, so I, I, I'm always gracious for the foresight that Oliver Pernell had. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I spent five years in Spain, three years in Italy, a year in Germany. I, I could, not have, uh, could not have chosen better spots to be in. I absolutely loved every minute of it. Uh, you know, my – wife came over there with me. We had some kids over there too. It was uh it was a great jump start on life for us. Okay.
1: So, Spain, Italy, Germany. Um your your favorite season of all those 9 years. Did you have one that that uh, stood out uh, and was it for basketball reasons or or just the location and camaraderie?
3: You know, each one of them had had really good high points. Uh so Generally, the question is which which country did you like the most? That's what you were supposed to ask me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so of which, all those, uh, so of all those three, I enjoyed Spain the most. Okay, there. As a, as a country, to pinpoint one season, that's that's a really difficult one. I would I would have to I would have to think about. I, I really loved uh, the city of Quijón on the northern coast of Spain. We made some really close friends there. Uh, really good administration and. Interestingly enough, and I've had plenty of conversations with you about it, but uh, spending a year in Malia, Spain was was really really nice as well. Uh, surprisingly nice, and uh, again, just great people, great atmosphere. We had good fans, good administration, directors to work with, coaches and teammates, and it, it was just a lot of fun to to play basketball at a professional level. You want to you want to enjoy your job. And I really, really enjoyed my job. We've got some Dayton guys that are playing
1: overseas right now. Uh, Ryan Mike Sells playing in Germany. His second uh, straight year for the same team has been named a captain, which is, uh, I think, unusual for an American to be named a captain of a team. Uh, And then I think Trey Landers is playing in Finland now. Uh, And then, uh, you know, guys like Scucci, uh, I can't keep track of him. Uh, Rob Lowry is playing, I believe, in Slovenia. He's in, uh, Devin Oliver is over in, in, in Japan. Uh, so a lot of guys take that route, uh, continuing their basketball career. What advice would you give uh, a, a Dayton player who's, you know, approaching the end of their college career and they go, I want to keep
3: playing – uh, what, what what should I do, Keith? I, you know, I think it's different because everybody growing up pretends they're Michael Jordan in the driveway or LeBron or Steph Curry, whoever they're pretending to be now, but it's it anymore it's not NBA or bust. You can make a good life over there. You can make money playing basketball. You can be very happy and content. You can be exposed to a lot of different – Things, different cultures, different lifestyles, different foods, and music, and people, and and ideologies, and just ways of thinking over there that you wouldn't think of, um, ever even exposing yourself to, over here in the states. And you can really enjoy yourself over there doing it. So you know, I- advice if you happen to have the opportunity to go over there, do it with an open mind. Try everything. You every single food that one of your teammates says, hey, you should try this try it you may not like it you'll be a better teammate to them if you at least try it though and, and all the yeah we had a bunch of drinks too but all the drinks were good Were good as well but just go over there with an open mind enjoy the experience and and learn about the people because you you can learn you can bring all those lessons into the real world with you when you're back here and be a better person.
1: for uh, it. And, and a lot of guys have, have have taken advantage of those types of things. I mean, Yante Holland, your, your former teammate, he's still living still in Switzerland. Uh, he's a coach now, mm-hmm. and uh, that is uh,
3: that's he's raising a family. And I think his son's one of the biggest prospects in Switzerland. Oh wow! I, okay. I, you know, I don't know the talent pool or anything like that, but he, you know, kid looks like he can play. And again, Yante Holland, out of just uh, just north of Dayton, and. You know, got his way out, got his degree, played over there for a long time. But, he's yeah, he's doing well.
1: All right, so you you finally hung up the sneakers, and uh, you came back, and I know you've done a couple of different things. You were with uh, uh, CentOS in Cincinnati. Uh, You did some medical sales. What are you doing now?
3: Uh, Currently I'm with the Callahan Financial Management Group as a financial advisor. Uh, Dave and Corey were, were gracious enough to bring me on a while ago. And I've I've been with them, just helping out individuals and families, kind of plan for retirement, save a little bit of money, invest a little bit of money, and and we work with some small businesses and retirement plans for them as well. So, you know, you've you've got
1: this world purview. uh, You've had some experience in other industries. And then the basketball background, does that kind of all come together to – I mean, do you bring that to the table in what you're doing now?
3: Absolutely it does because, you know, the biggest thing that we're doing is – uh, helping people achieve their goals, and and I think all of the basketball and world traveling helps me see things through a different lens. So I'm able to relate to people in different ways. I'm able to see where they're coming from, uh, ultimately what's you know what what kind of drives their thinking and and drives um, their decision making process, and I'm able to relate to people uh, a lot better. I think.
1: Well, we appreciate the Callahan folks uh, lending uh your talents to us uh, for the b- basketball broadcasts and the flyer feedback shows and and uh you know you you and I have become great friends through the years and uh and that's just uh, you know that that's that that's that's one of the benefits that I reap from uh, my association with Dayton basketball is getting a chance to develop all these relationships and friendships and Keith uh, we'll be we'll be talking again it sounds good,
3: Larry. I'll see you uh, see you on the radio. All right, uh, that'll wrap things up
1: here. Dayton two games this week. Uh, Wednesday at home against VCU at seven, a new game at George Washington on Saturday. And then we're back here next Monday night. We'll talk about those games on the next edition of the Anthony Grant Show on behalf of Keith Wallacekowski, UD Hall of Famer, the coach, Anthony Grant, and our engineer producer here, Kirsten Johnson. I'm Larry Hanskin. Have a great week,
0: everyone. Go Flyers. The Anthony Grant Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.